A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. A reminder that I'll be joined every single Monday live on TalkSport 2 by Gareth A. Davis to dissect all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. 2021 is set to be a huge year for boxing, both in the UK and abroad, and we'll have you covered every single step of the way. If you can't join us live, make sure you subscribe to the Fight Night Podcast channel to ensure you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, you can also check out some of the other great boxing programming, the likes of Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and the boy from Brownsville, the Mike Tyson story. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon, this is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2, where myself, Adi Oladipo and Gareth A. Davids will be discussing all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, we're going to discuss the biggest news at the moment, including Joe Joyce's stoppage of Carlos Takam at the week. At the weekend, we'll also hear from Eddie Hearn with Anthony Joshua against Alexander Usyk, now signed for September the 25th. This is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. together now, trying to pick his punches, and Takam's taking a lot. Is he about to go? Is he ready to go? Referee Steve Gray. Referee Steve Gray watching on very, very closely, and it's all over. It's all over. Joe Joyce gets the win he wants in the sixth round. What fitness, what heart for Klitschko. He's excited because he's a student of the game and he wants to prove to people that he can beat the likes of Alexander Usyk. He can outskill him. That's difficult. I don't want to see him actually overcomplicate this fight. I want to see him go in and destroy the guy. Look at this from Conor Ben early in the first round. And Vargas in all sorts of trouble. And it's been strong. Sensational. Conor Ben wins in double quick time. Fast forward. 12 months, obviously now done a big deal with the sports streaming giant DAZN. It'll be live this Saturday, starting with Conor Ben, three weeks on the spin, this time with fans. You know, we'll have about 300 people in the garden. Yeah, busy weekend of boxing, busy weekend to come as well. Only one place to start, though, and it was from the action at the weekend at the SSC Arena in Wembley. Uh, headlined by Joe Joyce versus Carlos Takam. Uh, Gareth, very keen to get your thoughts on a couple of things here. Firstly, uh, the stoppage. Some people say premature. I say it was right. Um, I think Steve Gray was in there. He's, he's seen all the punches that Takam's shipping. What was your thoughts on the stoppage, Gareth? Well, I, I didn't have an issue with it, if I'm honest, Daddy. Um, you know, Carlos Takam had 
been quite successful earlier in the fight. Joe Joyce is not difficult to hit. He's not an elusive fighter. Um, but I think he was getting slowly wound up um, or wound down rather by Joyce. And I thought that barrage of punches um, was pretty much the end of him. I don't think he was going to last much longer myself. Yeah, you could say it was a tad premature, but I think Steve Gray was just taking into, the referee Steve Gray was taking into account the, the, the health of the fighter and the fact that, you know, Takam had given his all and, and, and what Joe Joyce does, which is he juggernauts through people and he was just about to start doing it. Saved the guy, probably saved the guy a couple more fights. Agreed. I mean, Andy Clark was in commentary for TalkSport and I think he summed it up really well when he said, uh, Carlos Hacker might be winning the fight here, but he's going to lose the war. He, he was landing mm. some massive shots. I mean, some huge shots. And it must be so, it must be strange as a fighter when you land which are your power shots and the guy in front of you is just not moving. Not stopping. I mean, Joe Joyce, he honest, I don't know what he has for a chin, but it, it, it's more than granite. It's more than metal. It's just the power in his chin. Like, he can't keep taking those shots, but it almost felt like inevitable that he was going to get to Carlos, didn't it? Absolutely. It's how he fights. I mean, people saying, I thought it was a very solid performance from him, Eddie, and people were disagreeing with that, but I thought it was solid because he slowly took the guy apart, and that's what Joe Joyce does. He doesn't... He's not an elusive heavyweight like Tyson Fury has been, or he, he's not a guy that, you know, sits back and uses his jab like Larry Holmes did and then, and then slowly busts someone up. He's there in front of you. He's bigger than most men on earth. He's 250 pounds, six foot six. And he just, he threshes through you. And, you know, he, he's, he hasn't got the quickest hands. I mean, Takam had faster hands for a lot of the fight. I didn't have Takam ahead myself. I had Joe Joyce just ahead. Mm. And I know it's arguable, but, you know, solid performance wins the WBO, uh, you know, eliminator. So, you know, it's, it's, he's the mandatory challenger now for, for that title. When, when and if Usyk, Joshua, Fury, whoever it is, has to defend that belt eventually down the line. Yeah, when and if. Let's quickly hear from yeah. uh, Joe Joyce's manager, Sam Jones. Uh, he said that Joyce wants whenever belts available to him, but would ideally like to fight Dillian White. That's a fight that should happen, of course. Mm. It's a it's a big, big fight for, for both guys. Joe's number one in the WBO. I'm not sure what Dillian's plans are, but I think with him being on the zone and Joe being on BT Sport, it, it does make it more difficult, which is which is no good, to be honest. But mm. I'm telling you this straight. Joe's open to fighting anybody, as long as it's the right, the right, mm situation but Joe's open to fight anybody he told me from the from the very beginning I just want good fights and Luis Ortiz fight would get Joe excited the colourful uh, um, Sam Jones there um, Joe Joyce's manager I guess look, look it's not going to be AJ next I think we, we you never know but I'll be surprised if it is AJ next then I guess Gareth you almost have to weigh up the risk reward a lot of people were screaming out for Hergovic Hergovic fantastic fight I mean between those two it'll be, it'll be carnage in the ring mm. but the rewards <laughs> won't be that good in it is it a fight that does 20,000 at the O2 is it a fight that does good numbers on a BT box office maybe not so you can understand why Sam thought of Dillian White there, because he ticks all boxes. I do. I think it's a good matchup. Um, but as we know, both men are waiting for WBO challenges and WBC challenges um, with, uh, with Joyce and uh, White, respectively. Um, look, that is a really good fight. And as we were talking about it, as Sam Jones was talking about it, then I was just trying to put the shapes together, mm. thinking, 
It's a really good fight. Dillian White, I think, has faster hand speed again. But would Joy Joe Joyce break him down eventually? Joe Joyce is the older fighter. It's a really good fight that I would love to see at some point. And, and like you say, how they... It's the same for Dillian White. How they find opponents for them at the moment while they await um, the challenge, if they have it, of fighting for the WBC or WBO title is the difficult thing. And uh, I think they both deserve a shot. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I guess this is the issue, right? That bottleneck at the top now with mm, this mm. Fury and AJ fight not happened and then Fury Wild have fallen off. There is this bottleneck of everyone almost waiting for what happens with maybe even the losers of those fights and everyone then picking yeah. off uh, opponents. Let's talk about it. It is signed now. AJ versus Usyk finally done. September 25th at Tottenham Stadium. 65,000 people will be there, maybe even a bit more than that because of, you know, you can put seats on the grass, etc. Yeah. Um, big, mm -hmm. risky fight, this one for AJ, isn't it? Very risky. Yeah, it is because of Usyk's skills, Addy. You know, he's he dominated at cruiserweight, 200 pounds, and it's a bit different now. He's in against a guy who's 40 pounds, you know, 40 pounds heavier than that, pretty much, um, or at least, at least two stone heavier um, in Anthony Joshua. Usyk hasn't done much at heavyweight, even though he looked brilliant at cruiserweight. He's not done much at heavyweight. Um, a seventh round stoppage uh, over Chaz Witherspoon, a point, you know, a points decision over over Derek Chisora, in which I thought he he looked like he got bullied early on. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it. There's not a lot to go on. It's a serious challenge, yes, because of his skill set. Um, because of his Olympic pedigree, because he's undefeated, um, because if he gets in the right position um, to put his left hand across Anthony Joshua's chin, and he's capable of doing that with his footwork, he's dangerous for all those reasons. And he's dangerous if he gets into the very, very late rounds with Anthony Joshua, in my view. Um, but I do think Joshua is too big, too heavy, um, and, and, got, and got better in many ways um, in his last couple of fights in terms of finding his defensive shield. Um, and I, I, I do think he beats Jusic, but I think there is not, if he's not on his top game, there is every opportunity for Jusic to, to cause an upset here. And I agree with you. It's a very tough assignment. Very quickly on that one, and, and just because of what you mentioned there as well, just because we haven't seen, I agree, that the Usyk that we saw at Cruiserweight, he's, he's not been that electric has he as a heavyweight. Mm. Do you think Joshua mm. will get the credit maybe that he does deserve if he does beat Usyk? Will people then go back to those points and say, okay, well, you know, at a heavyweight, there was always that question mark with Usyk. And he might not get the credit for a massive win. And I, cause I kind of feel like it's a, it's a win that really bumps up his resume and it's, it's a legacy type fight for him. He needs it. Would he get the credit for it though? It all depends on how the fight goes. Yeah. If he dominates Usyk and stops him in seven or eight rounds, and Usyk only get you know lands a few punches, and he's not wobbled at all, and you don't feel any vulnerability in Anthony Joshua uh, in the fight, I think he will get full credit. He will get credit for having improved, having put his game together, uh, for being involved in a great fight, and then getting rid of a difficult mandatory challenger. If he wobbles and he just comes through it, and he's nearly down, or he is down, and he gets up, and he beats Usyk. We know that, you know, it, it, that's what Joshua um, is. I mean, he's still not the finished product. I don't mean that insultingly. He's still a work in progress. 
And maybe this is an opportunity to show that, you know, that that work in progress is progressing, Eddie. Um, but I think it all comes down to the performance. If he wins and he wins, that's fine. But it's how he wins. That's the key. Indeed. Let's quickly chat about the Olympics. Uh, Team GB sent, um, some people say, one of the best squads we've ever sent to an Olympics in terms of medal uh, potentials. A couple of defeats already, unfortunately. The likes of Peter McGrell's gone. Shevin Clark has gone in a close one as well. We've still got so many good fighters left. Obviously, the McCormack brothers, the twins, they're, they're going to cause problems and should medal. And then you've got the likes of Caroline Dubois, who's through as well. Uh, we haven't seen Fraser Clark yet. I can't wait to see how he looks at super heavyweight. What do you make of the defeat so far, though, Gareth? Well, it happens, doesn't it? It's Olympic mm. boxing. You yeah. know, they've got those nine minutes to show their wares. And, um, you know, it's a tough road for them because, you know, they've, they're, they're a year late um, in terms of competing in the Olympics. That's a year more work they've put in. Um, we, we will get winners and losers. I mean, I, as, as you know, I've tipped this team to, to break all records, you know, and maybe come back with more than three goals. But it comes down to, you know, three sometimes or four bouts you're having uh, in the women's or the men's respectively. And if you can come through them and you produce your best performance on the day, then you get there. I'm, I think um, I remember when Adam Peaty won swimming the other day, he was saying it's not about necessarily being the faster swimmer. It's the one that puts it all together on the day. Um, it's going to be a big one for Fraser Clark competing because, you know, he, he's one of the most long-standing members of the, of the British team in the boxing. He's the captain of the team, of course. He's the big guy, he's the super heavyweight. And at the last two games, we've won silver and uh, gold with uh, Joe Joyce and Anthony Joshua. So a lot of pressure on him. Um, a lot of pressure on all of them, really. Yeah. Um, but, it, but I'm sad to see Cheevan Clark go out because he's, he's a superb guy. I remember speaking to him a few months back. He's a brilliant guy. He'll be very disappointed. Yeah, very disappointed indeed. Um, it, was, it was a narrow loss as well to the Brazilian. All right, you're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, we're here every single week to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. Next up, we're chatting about AJ and Usyk in a bit more detail. Cries the devil. Think it got a hold on me. The only fight that we had our mind on was Tyson Fury. The game changed where we have to have a plan B. Of course, the one that, that springs to mind immediately is the WBO mandatory of Alexander Usyk. Anthony, how are you? I'm coming for you. I think he'd struggle. I think the pace and pressure from Anthony Joshua, the combination punches, and he lands more effective shots on the target. You have to do the hard yards under the dark lights to shine under the bright lights. You are listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2 in partnership with The Zone exclusive broadcaster on Matram's Fight Camp. Free weekends of fights for just $1.99. The Zone game changed. All right, let's 
continue our AJ Usyk discussion, Gareth. Obviously now officially signed for September 20th. If it will happen at Tottenham's new wonderful stadium. Uh, can't wait for it to, to happen there, by the way. Absolutely spectacular stadium. You know what I think of Usyk? I was speaking to Tony Bellew the other day, Gareth, and we were talking about this matchup as well. Obviously, he was in there against Usyk, and he said it wasn't even sort of his physical power or anything. He said mentally... He just wore me out. I was having to think all the time because his foot movement, what he was going to do, was he going to switch from Southpaw back to Orthodox? Like, he said it was just so difficult mentally. And I guess that's what AJ is going to have to overcome as well. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Tony Bellew's been in there. He did, what was it, seven rounds with him. Mm. Um, and, and he's right. Um, you're not going to go look to go in there and outbox Alexander Usyk. Um Tony had to take it to him. Tony was winning that fight after after five or six, wasn't he, of course. But Usyk has got... In that fight, Usyk showed he's got brilliant feet and his boxing prowess and then his instinct uh, to finish. He showed all of those things in that fight. And, you know, I've heard Tony Bellew or, or read somewhere Tony Bellew saying that you know, um, Usyk's boxing skills would even give would even give Tyson Fury massive issues. Maybe, but I think again, Fury is a guy with a great jab and yeah. does have decent footwork and very good movement from the waist up, uh, and is a very very big man. So that's why I was saying when we kicked off discussing this, if Anthony Joshua is still working away on Usyk at rounds 10, 11, 12. For me, he hasn't done something right in the fight because I can't see him outboxing Usyk, but I can see him hurting him and I can see him stopping him, you know, around round 8, 9, 10. Mm. Um, but if they go into the championship rounds, you're going to wonder why Usyk's still there because they can't have just danced around each other for 10 rounds. They're going to have to engage. I was going to ask that. I mean... Gareth, you've watched AJ up close and personal. You, you've gone and seen him in training camps. I mean, we've seen two different AJs, right? I think that the first AJ prior to Ruiz, almost just walking people down, right? Just too big, too strong for everyone and was getting a stoppage, right? Knockout after knockout after knockout. After the Ruiz loss, we've seen a more tentative AJ, someone on the back foot using his jab a lot more, almost like when Lennox Lewis lost and then kind of Emmanuel Stewart rebuilt him. What AJ do we have to see to get the job done against Usyk? Is it old-school, destructive AJ, or the AJ that boxed against Kubat Pulev to a very methodical game plan? Yeah, more like the latter, I think. You know, it's um, you've got to remember that, that um, Joshua does have abilities to, to, to hit other fighters, and I think he's got to try and um, go after Usyk in terms of using his jab um, carefully. He's a much, much bigger person. Use his size. Mm. Use, um, you know, uh, tire... Usyk out, put pressure on him if he can, put, you know, make him know that he's in there with the champion, all those things. Don't let Usyk circle and circle and circle, pin him down, don't follow him, cut him off. Um, be aware that he's going to try to counter, that he's going to look for uppercuts if he can get on the inside. But, but, but what Joshua needs to do is smother him, lean on him, do all those things that he can do, you know, that he can do because he is a much bigger man. I think um, that's what I'm saying, that I, I, I can imagine him slowing Usyk. Um, but as Tony Bellew has said, and as others have said, he carries dangers. There's no doubt about it. You know, if he turns Joshua, gets him in the corner, 
you know, lands that strong, a strong straight left, and he's managed to to bamboozle um, Joshua on his feet. Then he'll find openings, but I just think they'll they'll be there'll be too much in Joshua and in his size mm. and his strength and all those things for Usyk. But as I say, dangers here. There's no, there's no question about it. Indeed. Uh, Joshua's probably toughest challenge in his career so far. Some will point to it being Vladimir Klitschko, although we know Vladimir Klitschko at that age, 41 and a couple of years out. Some might even say it was a Ruiz rematch, just in case of what was at stake in terms of people saying his career, you know, what boxers like Gary's career could be done if he, if he lost Ruiz a second time round. In terms of the challenge, where do you rank Usyk? Above Klitschko as a challenge? Above Ruiz? Below them? Where is he as a challenger? No, you can't rank him above Klitschko as a challenge. Klitschko, you know, had, had lost once in a 10-year reign. Mm as heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury, two years earlier in Dusseldorf. And, you know, he believed he would beat Joshua. And Joshua was, a, you know, we're talking 2017, was it eight fights ago? Yeah, um, yeah. So, so it, you know, it's a, that's a long time ago. But, but I think every fight that Anthony Joshua has, every fight since he beat Charles Martin in his, I can't remember rightly now, 16th or 17th fight right now, um, it, uh, it's a big fight. It's a big occasion. It, it means so much. It, 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 he's a mainstream sports star. Um, what he hasn't done, definitely, is make it in America, mm. um, which is different to the Tyson Fury journey, uh, a guy who has made it in America. I mean, I'm still out here in fabulous Las Vegas, Addy. I, I, I wanted to <laughs> Thank save you. it till a, I wanted to <laughs> save it till halfway through the show to remind you. Um, <laughs> Uh, as you hear the calling birds in the morning that uh, out here in the uh, the gardens of the Tropicana, where the pool is going to be opening shortly, <laughs> well, just 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 after just at about just at about five oh one as the show show ends today, um, the pool opens. So, <laughs> oh, nice, um, thank you, thank you very much for that, Gareth. <laughs> and I, and <laughs> the bar is open and the. Um, <laughs> And <laughs> no, but and, and it's and it's ninety five degrees. But um, and I'm I know you're not struggling for the heat in the UK at the moment. No, but um, but it's interesting because this week I, I I did or last week I I did end up in the offices of Bob Arum late in the week, um, Tyson Fury's promoter, and he was saying to me that you know weirdly, Joshua, in in his words, he's not promoting him, but in his words, isn't big at all in the in the USA, is barely known at all. And what he is remembered for is being beaten mm. by a little chubby Mexican. Um, so and that's what he's that's what he's remembered for. He got the rematch. He, he, yeah. he beat yeah. Andy Ruiz in Saudi. But that's how he's remembered over here. So um, does he need to crack know, that market? Well, it's, the numbers a, it's he does a really good Europe. question. Mm. Yeah, it's a really good question because, you know, you could take, he's cracked the Middle East. Mm. Obviously, they want the fight back there with Tyson Fury for, for astronomical sums. I'm pretty sure that AJ could crack Africa as well. Yes. You, with, with a massive fight over there, be it against Dillian White or Deontay Wilder or, or even Tyson Fury. You know, they could have a trilogy fight. It could be Africa, couldn't it? Anywhere. It could be Nigeria. It could be any, it could be anywhere. They could, you know, they could really create something amazing. Um, does he still need to conquer America? 
He's an extraordinary wealthy man. Mm. He's very successful already. He needs to win one more belt. You know, two victories could make him, you know, king of the crop. So the, the king of the era. So, you know, does he need to conquer America? It's, I, I think that's in him whether he decides yeah. to do that. Um, it would be great to have a, a a big Joshua fight in Las Vegas, or you know, we've had the one in New York. I'd love him to fight in Las Vegas because mm. I think fans would really travel for him. Yeah, you know, yeah, it would almost. It maybe do, not. Do you con- think he needs to make it in America, Eddie? Again, it's only for his own pride rather than financial yeah. gains. Normally, when yeah, fighters yeah. crack America, it's to make big money, isn't it? Like, okay, we've got to mm. crack America. I don't know if he needs to. I mean, this guy sells that sells out stadiums. Uh, Saudi Arabians are willing to put hundreds and hundreds of millions on the table for him to go over and fight over there. So normally it's like, okay, you got to crack America, you got to do Madison Square Garden. I don't know if that's his want. I think when a guy mm. does Tottenham and Wembley and the Principality and you get 90 and 100, it, I don't know if he needs to, but I do think he's going to need to right that wrong because you're right. People do remember him getting beaten, and these are the words of Bob Arum, by a, a fat Mexican. So he needs to yeah. go over there and wrong that right, I think. A, a, a little chubby Mexican. Is that what he said? Little chubby. Mexican. Yeah, Apology. a little chubby Mexican. Yeah, yeah. yeah. overweight. <laughs> Let's be yeah. PC. Overweight <laughs> Mexican. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, very quickly, uh, and finally, this is on Joe Joyce now. Obviously, look, he's mandatory uh, for the winner of that fight. And we know how boxing works. It doesn't mean he's going to get the fight immediately. But having watched Joyce against Takam, if it was say AJ against Joe Joyce, how do you think Joyce gets on? I think he gets hit a lot. <laughs> um, I think he gets hit a lot. And I and I think that fight doesn't go beyond five or six rounds for me. Because mm. um, I think Joe is too easy to hit. And yeah. I think Joshua would hit him um, if he didn't go down. Um, and he responded himself. You know, uh, he's got a chance. But I, I, I think AJ, I think Anthony Joshua knocks... Joe Joyce out, even though he's got a great chin, I just think he stops him because I think he hits him with a lot. Yeah, you know? agreed. Uh, and I think that chin's yeah. starting to soften a little bit after being cracked a few times by Dubois and now Carlos Takam. All right, you're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember here every single week to discuss all the latest from World of Boxing and MMA. If you've missed any of the show or would like to listen again, then check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. Next up, we'll be looking ahead to Fight Camp. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. She's just about getting to her feet, and I think that is enough. She doesn't want any more, and Shannon Courtney, well, she was good tonight, and that will mean the world to her. During the pandemic, when everything fell apart, you know, we, we weren't obviously allowed crowds, and I didn't want to do fights in studios. I felt it was quite disrespectful to fighters, and I was just sitting outside the, the headquarters, and I just thought we'd do it here. You know, we'll do it in the garden. Everyone thought we were mad, but it was probably one of the best things we'd ever done. Fight Camp returns to Matchroom HQ for three weeks of big, big fights. Now let's take a look ahead to the first weekend of matchups in partnership with The Zone. Conor Ben versus Adrian Granados tops the bill, which includes a world title fight as well for Britain's Lee Wood. He takes on Zhukan for the WBA featherweight world title. Let's now hear from Eddie Hearn. He was in TalkSport Studios uh, talking about Fight Camp and the dawn of a new era on for Matchroom with The Zone. During the pandemic, when everything fell apart, you know, we, we weren't obviously allowed crowds and... I didn't want to do fights in studios. I felt it was quite disrespectful to fighters. And I was just sitting outside the, the headquarters and I just thought we'd do it here. You know, we'll do it in the garden. Everyone thought we were mad, but it was probably one of the best things we'd ever done. You know, it went it went global. Um, the message it sent out to the industry and to fighters was, look, we, we're here, we're going to bounce back, we're going to fight back, we're going to provide you with opportunities. And it was just a massive success. So fast forward 12 months, obviously now done a big deal with the sports streaming giant DAZN. It'll be live this Saturday, starting with Conor Ben, three weeks on the spin, this time with fans. You know, we'll have about mm. 300 people in the garden. So if you're listening and you have a ticket, be nice. <laughs> you know, toilets are provided. You know, uh, there's plenty of Easy. beers and cocktails for yeah. you to enjoy. And it's just great to see fans back. I mean, we've been over in the States. We did Canelo Alvarez against Billy Joe Saunders. I had 74,000 there at the Dallas Cowboy Stadiums. And now it's just bringing people back. We had the darts in Blackpool at the weekend yeah. with a couple of thousand in front of session. And obviously AJ Usyk coming up at yeah. Spurs. And yeah. It's 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 important for the sport to return. But fight camp's going to be really exciting. Three huge cards starting this Saturday. Well, Eddie, your fighters must be really excited about it as well because they know they've got lots of fights coming up and uh, it's a really interesting project you're doing there. And it's a five years. So ain't just no, this year it's, it's five-year plan. So it's going to be really interesting for the next five years who comes, develops into top boxers and and see who wins, wins most bouts. Yeah, I had an exclusive deal with Sky for, I think, nearly 10 years. And, you know, this is a big move for us moving to DAZN. They're a very mm. aggressive platform. I believe that streaming is the future of sport. We've had a very successful relationship with them globally, particularly yeah. in America. You know, the opportunities are there now for the fighters, not just financially, but to box all around the world. Mm. You know, we're operating in many countries now around the world. We want to keep expanding boxing. I think you're going to love what you're going to see. Mm. I mean, you've got Laura Woods, you know, as our presenter. You've got Maya Jam as our presenter. You've got Tony Bellew. We managed to nab Mike Costello as well. Uh, You know, great voice. Andy Lee. We've built our own production team. And that's something that we wanted to to mould here, you know, from the inception of the event to the narrative and building the hype and the story to the live production. So this Saturday, it's quite nerve-wracking because normally we just turn up and it's done for us. But now we're doing the production. Great time for the fighters. More opportunities than ever. and, And great to see them fighting again in front of fans. You saw a lot of fighters 
lose, you know, in, in lockdown yeah. because like fighters like Josh Warrington, who we've got coming up fighting the rematch with Lara on DAZN at Headingley. And, you know, he lost behind closed doors because he's used to fighting in front yeah. of 10,000. I mean, Take nothing away from Lara, but I think it's interesting. I mean, even if, even if you look at the Olympics now, it's just, it's, it's not quite the same, you know, no. to see to see these guys performing without that kind of razzmatazz. Tell us a little bit about the card for the opening night because obviously I've been going over it, doing my own research for you, Eddie, good, of good. course. Of course, um, some big fights in there, some big names as well. Yeah, it's a massive card on Saturday and, and we wanted to do that. You know, we wanted to make sure that it was stacked from top to bottom. Connor Ben, who's headlining against Mexico's Adrian Granados, who's fought some of the biggest guys in the sport. Connor's just really excited I mean I think outside of the heavyweights right now he's one of the biggest stars in British boxing you've got the British Commonwealth European Cruiserweight Championship between Tommy McCarthy and Chris Billum Smith you've got Nottingham's Lee Wood which you know for his sins is taking on the monster from from China Kanzu for the world featherweight yeah. title you've got Anthony Fowler fighting on the card you've got Jack Cullen fighting Abney Yildirim you've got Campbell Hatton You've got Sandy Ryan making her professional debut. So that's the plan, really. Just stacked action from start to finish. Mm. Loads of 50-50s, loads of tough fights. I think you're going to enjoy yourself, Laura. Was it, was it a no-brainer, moving to the zone? It's always difficult because, you know, we've got a great relationship yeah. with Sky. I mean, that, that stems across many different sports, you know, darts as well. And mm. listen, Sky have, have been fantastic for us. They were a tremendous broadcast partner. But sometimes you need to see a different kind of vision. Our vision is global. For boxing, you know, I don't just want to become a big promoter in the UK. I want to be the biggest promoter in the world. There's no other promotional company right now mm. that's prom promoting shows globally. You know, we're doing ten a year in America. We're doing eighteen in the UK. We're doing six in Spain, six in Mexico, six in Italy. We're about to move into Australia, Scandinavia, Germany. That's our plan, and we needed a broadcast partner that had the vision. Yeah, and you know, Ray, as a as a ex athlete, mm. that the talent. They want more money yeah, of course all the time. And, and, you know, that's got to yeah. come from somewhere. <laughs> Eddie Hearn there speaking to TalkSport Breakfast. I think he's speaking to Ray Parler there in Laurel Woods about, obviously, fight camp coming up this weekend, headlined by Conor Ben versus Adrian uh, Granados. Lee Wood on there. He takes on Jukan as well for the WBA featherweight title. Tommy McCarthy versus Chris Williams-Smith. By the way, that's the that's the fight, by the way. It, that, that's going to steal the, the night. I'm telling you now, that one should be a cracker. Sandy Ryan makes her debut. Young Campbell Hatton as well. Anthony Fowler, a switch of opponent for him, but still Anthony Fowler's on the card. Uh, Gareth, uh, not a bad first fight card for fight camp. No, it is. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm particularly interested to see whether Lee Wood can press his promises and take the uh, WBA featherweight title from Ken Shu, the, the Chinese fighter who's coming. Mm. But I think, you know, like you say, McCarthy against Billum Smith is a brilliant cruiserweight fight. They'll both bring it. Um, McCarthy, 18 um, wins, two losses, and Chris Billum Smith, 12 wins and, and one loss. Both staples yeah. of, of the camp now. Um, it's a brilliant setting to have boxing. Um, I think it'll be amazing. I thought it was a 400 crowd. As Eddie said, 300 crowd. It'll, they'll make a great atmosphere there. Um, it's a beautiful setting overlooking London there up in Maskell's Lane in Brentwood. So it's going to be a great night. I mean, there's a little bit of pressure on Conor Ben, but as Eddie was mentioning there, Adrian Gran Granados uh, has been in against, you know, the likes of... Sean Porter and Adrian Broner, Robert mm. Easter Jr., um, Danny Garcia. I mean, the last one of those stopped him, but the other three he went the distance with, so he's very solid. But, you know, I can almost expect 
Connor to put himself on this guy and have him out of there in six or seven rounds. That would be a statement, wouldn't it? Because, again, you mentioned the guys that have gone the distance with him. And, the, you know, you're, you're talking about world, elite level, world to weight, Sean Moore, yeah. elite level. He was unlucky yeah. against Broner. That was a split decision loss. Some people say it could have gone the other way. The only man to dent him was Danny Garcia. If Danny Garcia mm -hmm. catches you, he'll <laughs> ask Amir Khan, he will dent you. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's not a shame either. So if Conor Ben does... Look, I'm, I'm already looking forward and that's probably dangerous to do, but if Conor Ben does win, let's just say he does, Gareth, and it is a six-round blowout and he, he really puts on him, looks good in six rounds, what next? Do they have to, have to kind of hold the reins a bit or do you let him go and say, okay, Avanesian next? What do you do? No, I mean, like you say, Avanesian's a great fight for him, but he's very experienced. Mm. Um... It, it, look, it's a difficult one because Conor Ben, and I agree with Eddie, I think Conor Ben outside, and we may have said this on the show even before Eddie said it in that interview, that um, outside the heavyweights, Conor Ben is potentially one of the biggest, you know, rising stars of certainly British boxing. And, and you know, he could, get, he could go global. He just needs a little more success, a bit of finessing. Look, he's 18, you know, he's come through quickly. He's only been a pro for, what is it, four years? Yeah. Um, and he's got no massive amateur pedigree. I just did a big interview with him. Um, it's worth watching. It's, it's on DAZN. It's, it's the off-the-cuff interview. Mm. Well, we did go deep into things. And, and, you know, he's got this feeling about himself that he's already achieved what he set out to achieve. He's already achieved that. But it's now what can he do beyond that? Can he become a world champion? Can he hold down several defenses? Can he have unification fights? He doesn't know yet whether he's really capable of it, but he's really ambitious for it. And I think he's got that vicious vim and vigor that, that dad had as well, Nigel Ben had. So that he, when he goes in there, he does want to destroy. If he sees an opening, he wants to go for it. Where he's going to come undone at the moment is in his inexperience. Same mm. as... We saw with Daniel Dubois against Joe Joyce. And that's the problem. When he comes up against someone that's going to be obstinate, that's not going to go away, that he's not going to be able to stop easily. Um, and he's pushed into deeper waters, Addy, and he's got to find different things in himself. Maybe the ability to box for a round, maybe the ability to take a round off, a round to recover, that we haven't really seen in him yet. It's just all raw forward come forward aggressive energy and i do hope we we see him finesse his game a little bit more i do hope we we learn a bit more against granados at the weekend where maybe he is stretched for a couple of rounds um because we'll get something out of it and he will really really begin to to do to, to learn what he needs to be at world level agreed you could have said it any better than that i i actually want to see him go for a bit of adversity in this Obviously, yeah. but, you know, I don't want it to. I don't want it to be a, a one-minute blowout like he did against Vargas because we don't learn much. We learn he's got the punch power that we know he's got, but in terms of learning, if he's learned anything in in the gym with Tony Sims, you, you'll never know. Very quickly, the final one on that fight camp I want to touch on it is Young Campbell Hatton. Um, a lot of pressure, and I, I kind of link it to obviously Conor Ben because he's coming up on, you know, the father's name, and it's 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 that big pressure that comes with that. It will open doors for you, but also puts a lot of pressure on you. I want to see him just kind of take it easy in this fight. Like, I always feel like every time I watch him, he's rushing. It's 100 miles <coughs> per hour. Then after a couple of rounds, he, he starts to gas. I just want him to kind of slow down a little bit and almost enjoy it, I dare say, Gareth. 
Yeah, absolutely. Look, he's not going to be weight trained because I think he's fighting at lightweight in this yeah. fight against Jakub Laskowski. Uh, that's who the opponent is at the moment. Thank you. Um, <laughs> who's four, four wins, four losses, one draw. Look, I think C- Campbell um, will come out at a million miles an hour. Um, he, he, he will still have nerves, but maybe for once um, he's got he's in he's on a card and this might not happen that often where another son of a boxer is under more pressure than he is in in Conor Ben but I, I listen he's he's had two fights so he's going to be raw he, he has been in the game a lot longer having said that than people like Conor Ben but mm. they'll feed off each other a little bit this week because I know Conor Ben has spoken openly about watching um, Campbell Hatton's progress and, and you know, says, I know exactly what he's going through. I know when I had my first couple of fights, people were saying, oh, Eddie only signed him because of the name Ben. Well, they might, you know, be saying that about Campbell Hatton right now. He's got a long way to go. Um, the second performance was slightly more controlled than, than the first on, on, the, on the, the Rock of Gibraltar when Dillian White fought Povetkin, Alexander Povetkin. Um, and I thought, thought Campbell was under a lot of pressure that week with the sky cameras there and it being a, being a pay-per-view event. His second fight in Manchester, and I was live at that, was a little bit better, I thought. But like you say, he's got to kind of just sit back a little bit and not smother his work too much, Addy. Mm, indeed. All right, let's see how he gets on. That was a look ahead to all the upcoming action with the return of Fight Camp. Maybe you can watch it this weekend exclusively on the zone. Game Changed. Good stuff from Caroline Dubois with that lead hand, and now she's bringing the backhand into play. The winner on points by unanimous decision, in red, Caroline So, Caroline Dubois, Dubois with a unanimous points decision victory on her Caroline Olympic Dubois. debut. Oh, beautiful. Lovely counter. You give him any space at all, and you fall short with an attack. He adjusts his feet and brings you on to punches like that. He's probably going to hold the centre of the ring a little bit better. He keeps going back to the ropes, but look, well schooled again, back back to the centre of the ring. When he's got time and space, McCormack, then you are in trouble. The winner on points by unanimous decision, in red, Pat McCormack. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 in partnership with The Zone, exclusive broadcaster of Matrim's Fight Camp, The Zone Game Change. All right, for the final section, let's round up by talking about uh, Team GB at the Tokyo Games. Uh, we're going to do that, and we're also going to touch, and we have time as well, on a Bellator announced that uh, Michael Verdon Page will take on Douglas Lima too in October in London as well. I know Gareth's going to be super excited for that. He will be there for that as well. Uh, Gareth, before we talk that, let's quickly talk about Team GB. Uh, Chevron Clark, we, we mentioned at the top, uh, disappointing defeat as well. Good guy, Chevron. I've spoken to him a couple of times. Great guy. Mm. He's going to be mm. so, so disappointed with that defeat. He is. Our heavyweight has gone out, unfortunately. We've still got our super heavyweight, Fraser Clark, in there ready to go on Thursday. But tough, tough, tough loss for Chevin Clark, as you say. A bubbly character. Everybody in the team loves him. He's a a million laughs an hour. Um, Would have been really positive going into this. So he'll he'll be quite down about that. But he'll still be there cheering on... The guys, we heard Pat McCormack winning there against Radzionau, um in the round of 16. Mm. Uh, we, I think we heard Richie Woodall's voice 
um, at welterweight. His brother's already gone through Luke McCormack, gone through yesterday at lightweight. So great news for the McCormack uh, twins. Yep, indeed. Um, it's funny, isn't it, when twins are in weight divisions in like nearly a stone apart. It's crazy. Um, it is weird, isn't yeah. it? Because I, 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 physically they look very, very similar. Although one one of them looks more like a skeleton than the other, I hate to add. Yeah, one of them always looks like he's trying to make weight, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Win for Caroline Dubois as well. I'm actually watching it right now in front of me. I've got the screen on yeah. and seeing her performance back. Obviously, look, fantastic youngster now stepping up to seniors. Um, look, if she can get a medal here, fingers crossed it's the big one, gold. What an achievement that will be. Yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she's a couple of fights away from it, yeah. isn't she? I mean, it's it's she seems nerveless to mm. me. Um, and I really like the way she moves. I mean, I don't want to stretch the point, but She's got, she reminds me of a, uh, in the way she, she moves her body and moves around of a young Mayweather, believe it or not. Um, I think she's, I think she's got massively fast defensive and, and offensive capabilities. Yeah. And I'm just impressed whenever I see her, whenever I'm around her, I tell you, there'll be a big smile on the big old fella of um, their, their father, Stan and, and, and Daniel Dubois after her victory because it means so much to the family and you know and there's a 16 year old prince who's coming through who i met the other day well, I've, met, I've met him before but i met him again the other day and he's he's kind of six two now six one he's a really tall kid mm. um but i, I don't, who knows what's going to happen with him but no i i i've got an instinct about caroline dubois that she may well end up in the final and come home with gold daddy yeah. She's got that kind of ability. Yeah, you're right. And looking at her hair as well, she's got a style suited to the pros as well. So I can't actually wait to see. And look, yeah. she's so many years, she'll probably do another Olympic cycle. But if she doesn't, and it's the girl that could jump in the pros and do some good stuff as well. Uh, Fraser Clark fights Thursday, a super heavyweight division. It's been one that we've been successful on for, for quite a while, right? Going back to Audley in 2000. And then as Absolutely. you write, AJ 2012 and, and Joe Joyce should have been, could have been gold in 2016. Yeah. Uh, bit of pressure on Fraser. He's been waiting for this one. He, you know, he's been behind the likes of AJ and, and Joe for so long. Gets his chance on Thursday to impress and show us what he's got. He does. He told me before he left for Tokyo that he will never feel as much pressure as he did in the Paris qualifying tournament at the end of June. He said, he, he, you know, he was so nervous. It was so difficult. It will never be like that again. He's now at the Olympics. Um, he really believes in himself, I think, is the key thing. And he knows he's got a decade of experience in the English Institute of Sport as an understudy, remember he was in Rio as a sparring partner, as an understudy to, to Joe Joyce. He is part, you've got to remember this, he is part of uh, a setup in Team GB, which is the envy of the world, Eddie. Mm. You know, they've got um, video analysis of virtually every opponent. They've got a big screen in the middle of the, the hall that they train in where they can look at future opponents, they can look at moves. It's like a, it's like um, it's like an analysis station. That's it for this week. Thank you once again for downloading the podcast. We'll be live again next Monday on Talksport Two. And if you miss us, make sure to subscribe to Fight Night Podcast to catch up with all our other episodes. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.